Shall we count to five together? Sure. One. One. No. <laughs> I say one and you follow with two and I follow with three. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I might put that I might put that at the top of the recording. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pictures Without Pictures. This is episode number three. Reese, how are you doing? I'm tired. He's tired. That's how this movie made me feel. But we'll get into that in just a moment. Firstly, I want to talk a little bit about these technical issues I've been having with the audio versions of these podcasts. Um, so in the first few episodes there was some echo, and I'm hoping against hope that in this episode it's gone, because my final fallback option was to use my earphones from my PlayStation VR that I got, and I thought one earphone would extend far enough to reach me, and because those are kind of like, the way that it's designed is one, like the left ear is a shorter wire, a shorter wire, and the right ear is a longer wire, um, and it turns out that the right earphone is dead, so can't do that. So, back on the headset, but I've basically moved the mic a little bit further away from myself, and I've this headset comes with a volume control on the actual headset, and I've turned Reese down a fair amount in my own ears. So, that should, cross fingers, get rid of a fucking echo. If it doesn't, I don't know anymore, because the weird thing about it is that the actual stream, there's no echo from you. Um, but it's just the audible, audio, audible, audacity recording, not a sponsor. Um, it's just the audacity recording has the echo in, well, so I'm not sure how it could be. That's because of Discord, probably. I guess Discord so. probably cuts out a lot of the crap that uh, the echoes and stuff. But when I'm streaming, OBS is taking audio from my mic, not from my Discord, and it's not your fault, so it wouldn't be your end, right? So, I mean, I know it's not your end, but either way, that's just... Well, it is, well it's just Discord, because the, the, the idea is that the, the Discord cuts it off, whereas I guess the Audacity doesn't, but I don't know, it, it, it's weird. Mm. It's just a weird audio issue, either way. But thanks for your patience while we work through them in either case, and if there is another echo in this video, video fucking years of YouTubing is, is ingrained in my brain, if there is still an echo in this podcast uh, in the audio version. I do apologise, I will work on it again next week. <laughs> um, but either way, we are here today to talk about this golden-haired man who you can see on the screen. He's mid-swing. Um, he has been perpetually frozen there, probably by Loki or someone. Um, I imagine he is in immeasurable pain and he just cannot show it. Um, <laughs> this is another wallpaper. Stoicism. What's that? Stoicism. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so four. Do you remember the first time you saw four? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, I, I I I can't remember when I first watched it, but I do remember watching it. Sorry, it is an okay movie. It is an okay movie. <laughs> just a bit like last week's <laughs> Iron Man two. It is just okay. I think I, I think Iron Man two is better, just because I think there's more spectacle. Sure, it's there's more intrigue. Yeah, it also has humour in it, um, or more humour in it, I'll get to that in a minute, but um, I remember this was the first MCU movie I ever saw, um, I think I might have mentioned that last week as well, but um, it was on Netflix, I was over at my sister's house and I was like, hey look, I don't I don't remember what I'd thought about the MCU up to that point, but I'd 
seen the movies, you know, being advertised or whatever. Um, I wasn't into comic books at that point. Um, there weren't as many superhero games. Again, as I've mentioned before, Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman were like the three main superheroes in my brain. And other than seeing the Spider-Man and Batman movies, that was about my extent of superhero kind of knowledge and interest as well, I suppose. I never really sought it out. So I think the MCU really did open up my eyes to, you know, comics and superheroes as a genre. But um, 4 was kind of the first MCU movie I really saw, and I remember at the time as well, it didn't really blow me away. I enjoyed it, though. Um, but I didn't come away from it like, you know how when you see a good movie it's kind of like going around and around in your head for a while afterwards? Well, yeah. not this one. Uh, it's just, you know, one and done. It's one of those movies where you watch it yeah. and you don't really have, you don't really have much to turn over. It, it's pretty black and white for what, it, what it's trying to do. Um, yeah. It doesn't try to do anything crazy. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's very obvious with everything and even with the camera angles and stuff it's very obvious what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, the Dutch angles and things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd say like, I guess intent is um, interesting of like the characters in this. Like, it's it is very much a black and white story of being like, um, oh, character is arrogant and naive, learns to not be arrogant <laughs> yeah. and naive. So it, it's very like like it's very Disney. Um, it, it's very it's very fairy tale and not necessarily a bad thing. It's not trying to do anything new, and it's not trying to do anything complicated. Um, well, it's... When you say that, I feel like... Because um, obviously it's the first one where they went into it being more fantasy than yeah. just grounded in the reality that the Iron Man films, as well as uh, what obviously what would have been before this Incredible Hulk, um, mm. they were all grounded in science. Um, and so it went almost like complete 180 into fantasy element which I think was interesting yeah and oh. it, it does do some stuff, there's not nothing to be talked about obviously um, mm -hmm. like there's certainly things it does regarding the duality of the two worlds um, yes. like the tone of just like it's not just how Asgard looks in relation to Earth it's also how the characters act and talk to each other mm. it's such a stark difference yeah. um, and it's Kind of throughout the whole line, it's throughout the entire movie, and Thor's main yeah. conflict is kind of coming to terms with, or maybe not main conflict, but one of his conflicts is coming to terms with existing alongside people of Earth and how different it is, I guess. I think I think it is it is very, how how the film was done as a whole. I think is very good because it, rather than go straight, it's like all right, we've done science, we've done cool technology and stuff. Now we're going pure fantasy. It, they did it in such a way which it was almost like a soft transition into it. Um, like the cold open of the movie is like science, 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 fantasy. And so <laughs> it, it, it's it, the whole point of the characters of like Jane and obviously all that is they are very much there, the bridge to connect it to the world without it being too fantastical yeah. and you know being completely like. Like it, it, hard to grasp the idea that this also exists in this universe where a man in an iron suit dry, uh, flies around. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, by the way, look out for me calling Jane Foster Jane Austen because that keeps happening in my head. But um, 
they... I think it's one of those films, uh, because obviously there's lots of superhero movies that do this, it's one of those films that gives a good amount of disbelief to the characters when Thor is saying that he's got superpowers and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. There, I think there's a few too many superheroes where the characters go from obviously believing in normality um, mm. as it exists in the world to then believing that crazy things can happen. Um, I mm. think in this movie, Jane Foster... Uh, definitely has a long journey to go to believing Thor. Like she doesn't really believe it until he gets his powers back and she sees it for her own eyes, like fully. Yeah, I think it's well. I think it's a case of uh, her whole thing is like she wants to believe where everyone is. Like very much a naysayer, yeah. being like it's like, but she but she can't just be like I believe you because that would that's not exactly a sane thing to do. <laughs> no, um, so there is no proof for it. Therefore, obviously she wants to, but there is no proof to uh, say that there is. Yeah. By the way, James is a stronger character than I remembered her being. Um, gotta yeah. give her credit for that. Um, like, they definitely don't shy away from the fact that she is attracted to Thor, but they do it in a... I, I feel like they do it in a pretty healthy way, but it, she doesn't yeah. compromise her own character. Except for maybe at the end when Thor flies away on the bridge and she looks a little bit... I don't know, that part was really fucking cheesy. But <laughs> the rest of it, I thought yeah, yeah. she was pretty um, I mean, pretty grounded as a character throughout the whole thing. I mean, like I said, it's set up like a Disney movie, so you're kind of going to have yeah. th- those, those kind of things set up in there, I think. Yeah, so I guess if we want to start from the beginning of the movie, the, thing that, the first yeah. thing that really caught my attention is the fact that I'm pretty sure this occurs in the flashback to, I think it was 965 AD, um, the Frost Giants appear on Earth. First of all, mm-hmm. that's I think that might be the earliest period of time we see Earth in the MCU. Although yes. I might be forgetting some IP that takes us back further, but um, I just not, I not that I can think of that's in the MCU right now. I just like that they made a point of going that you know how do I say this? It's like fantastical things happened many many years ago before any of the films happened, where obviously we see them change the course of Earth um, and what normal is for that universe. Um, so I thought that was cool there. And then also, we saw a kid die in a Marvel movie. Like, <laughs> a kid straight up dies in one of the opening shots of um, mm-hmm. When the Frost Giants and Me. I thought that was kind of like, huh, I didn't realise they would show a kid dying in a Marvel movie. <laughs> I mean, it, they, they were frozen. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but the the implication there is that the kid died. Yeah. I was like, huh. I wasn't really. I guess I wasn't really expecting to see that. I'm not sure if they would still do that if they made it today. I mean, it wasn't shocking in any way, but no, not really. The way it was done. Took me a bit by surprise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see why it's a vilified of frost giants quite quickly. Also, did you get yeah. a decent uh, idea of the scale of frost giants throughout most of this movie? Because. They're supposed to be giants, but for most of them, they're movie, a bit all over the place, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they just kind of look normal sized until this one. Some shot of them did. Some them. of them look normal. Some of them look huge. Like yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they kind of alluded to them being like some. They kind of do come in various shapes and sizes because they said about how obviously Loki is was small for a frost giant. Yeah, he's very um. He's he's very what's the word? He's very um. Conveniently human sized. <laughs> yeah. Um. Which, actually, that's another that. thing. I think they use framing or different camera angles at some point to try and make Asgardians look slightly bigger than average humans in a lot of these shots. But then, 
Mm. I feel like that's not coherent throughout the entire movie either. There's moments where Thor looks a similar size, at least height-wise, um, to a lot of humans, and there's other times where he looks like he's an inch or two taller, so I don't particularly mm. uh, think that was well thought out. But yeah, and I guess that leads into my next point as well. Just as far as effects goes, a lot of the CGI was very rubbery. Did you notice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There was there was a lot of things where it was just like um, when Thor was like landing and shit. It was it was yeah. very much a case of like they clicked a still image of him, yep, yep. dragged him to the ground, <laughs> and then it was there. Like you, you can tell them, but definitely uh, was was there was issues with that. Yeah, where they would uh, move four PNG down a little bit further yeah. in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look completely still as it was happening, but it's like they got an animated picture of him and they were dragging it down with him yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But it looked like he was he was still like and he was just being dragged around, which is quite funny. And the initial fight with um, the frost giants as well, there were some frames where it was just focusing on loads of frost giants moving at once and it just looked super rubbery. It was kinda of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I thought it was interesting that when Odin says to Kid Four and Kid Loki only one of you can ascend to the throne, but both of you are born to be kings. Like, mm. obviously he knows, like, he adopted Loki. Um, so, does he have any intention of letting Loki claim the throne, do you think? And when, if not, when he says that he knows that they will both be kings, does he kind of mean that he he thinks Loki will become a king of... Well, I, I think it's a case, I think it's less a case of that. I think it's just a case of they are both worthy of being kings because they are from they are of I guess royal blood whether, even though they are technically fraught they are different races they are, they are still like worthy of being kings I, I guess which I think is also like it does allude to that as well of that idea that um, he is obviously he, he is worthy of being the king but maybe not necessarily like his relation being elsewhere rather than an Asgardian yeah I guess I was taking it a little too literally maybe but it was something I I didn't really pick out a lot of dialogue stuff that was, like I said, it's not a very complex movie, but that was something I, I saw and I was like, huh, maybe, maybe there's something um, in, in terms of dialogue stuff, like, just after that with the, um, when obviously they're a lot older and stuff, I, I made a point of watching Loki because obviously having, oh, yes. having seen having seen the Thor movie before, obviously, you know, obviously how the story goes and the ultimate, the, uh, the inevitable betrayal and stuff. Well, watching Loki is really interesting in these early scenes yeah. because he's very shifty, very shifty. I think, um, which I think is quite good. Loki's journey is probably the highlight of this movie for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Because first of all, we get something we don't get in most Loki shit. Get some absolute concrete Loki truth in that he mm-hmm. learns about his parentage in this movie. So you get to look at that as an anchor for this is how he's truly reacting. And you can see how that affects him, and you can kind of... I don't know, you can kind of, like, interpolate the rest of his character from there. Whereas in a lot of a lot of later movies, he does something, and you don't know, obviously... Like, that's the whole point of a character, you don't know if he really means what he's saying or doing, and all of this kind of stuff. Whereas here, it's like, this is some honest Loki, when, like, he's heartbroken about the fact that he's a frost giant, and all this kind of stuff. I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think I think the case for that is like he is very emotionally like charged by everything that's happening, and so as a result, maybe he's obviously not uh, reacting in a more mischievous way that he's known for. Mm. And I I was taking a lot of notes. Like at the start of the movie, I took notes saying stuff like "Quiet Loki" is super weird, 
Um, yeah. And when I was remembering this movie, I remembered Quiet Loki, but I thought that was him being deceptive. I actually think that's just kind of part of his character at that point, before he really truly yeah. realises who he is. He's mischievous and he plays tricks, but he's also legitimately shy, I think. It, um, it, it could also be it could also be a level of because um, like if you think of it this way, like the scenes that he's appearing on screen, he's already set in motion, yeah. in those frost giants. So he's probably already like reacting to that in some way as well, of being like, "Oh, I hope no one finds me out," you know. That was or, my like, next point. Or, or stuff like that, you know. Yeah. That was my next point. Just that, like, mm. when when you've got the knowledge that, well, obviously, you kind of already know at the start of the movie that he let those giants in. Um, mm -hmm. Everything he like, all of his shyness, kind of comes across as a kid who thinks that like his shit's gone a bit too far, and he feels like a little bit afraid about not just being found out, but what the consequences of his actions are. And I think it's kind of interesting that it's portrayed in kind of a childlike manner, given mm -hmm. that, you know, he obviously matures into a much more malevolent, cheeky dude. My cat is getting all up in my face right now, so I'm having a hard time stringing a sentence together. But... <laughs> That's right. But, yeah. Um, yeah, extending up from that as well, like, it, it, it almost feels like he, he is sort of, like, stringing along, like, what ends up happening, um... Uh, which leads to Thor's banishment, um, and it, it's interesting because when they're going to the, when they're going to uh, where they go up to Heimdall, um, when they're going to obviously go to uh, Jotunheim, um, the the react the his reaction when Heimdall says about no one's ever snuck past me, the way he says it to Loki specifically is very much like. He knows it's you, yeah. but he has no proof. <laughs> yeah. Which is why Loki immediately shuts up, and then uh, one of the Warriors 3, like, points it out. Mm, yeah. Love me some Heimdall. Because he's just, like... Whenever I see Heimdall and Loki interact, it's always so interesting to me, because it's, like, the god of mischief and tricks versus the guy who sees everything. How do you write that in a way that makes sense? But mm. it's... They kind of play it in a very much in a way of... Heimdall doesn't take any shit, <laughs> and yeah. it's always fun to watch that take place on screen, even though it is quite rare amongst all of the movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, Heimdall is definitely a, a very, a very interesting character. Um, for sure, I think played very well. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like that idea, and then obviously he's, and then as soon as he speaks, Thor's, Thor's like blah blah blah, and then walks past him. Like, all right. <laughs> like, cause I, I think it's that idea that. Um, Obviously, Loki being known for mischief and trickery is like, mm, like he doesn't, he doesn't. And then Thor is like, no, I'm going to go do this, and then walks past. And like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thor is so like, because of um, what I've already said about the fact that it's not a hugely complex movie. I feel like they really amplify just how arrogant and vain he is at the start of the movie to show yeah. how far he comes at the end. And yeah, it's sure. kind of fucking weird seeing him like that. And I yeah, forgot that. Is originally Mjolnir didn't have that qualifier if you have to be worthy to wield it, that was something that happened after he got banished so I was watching him thinking, how is he worthy of a hammer at this point, like he's such a massive douchebag that's, um, that's an interesting point isn't it, because it's so ingrained in what Mjolnir does now he didn't realise it was established in this movie, it's yeah. not on it by default no, I don't know if it's the same in mythology or not, but um, yeah, it's Odin, obviously he whispers to the thing, you know, you have to be worthy to um, will this whoever whoever be worthy of this whosoever is worthy to yeah I don't remember <laughs> I started off confidently and then I immediately remembered I didn't know the quote um, 
shall wield the power. Because he says specifically the power of Thor as well. Yeah. It'd be cool Which if... Which um, I, think, I think gets a little bit retcon later on, but... <laughs> well, I don't know, because when we go into um, Love and Thunder, if Natalie Portman does become female Thor, then that's going to be important, right? Like, how does a mortal gain those powers? Well, they prove themselves worthy, and they gain the power of Thor. That's how it works. <laughs> Whereas before, yeah, if you it becomes that, so it, it becomes work. less it becomes less about the actual hammer and more about the actual just existence of being Thor, I guess. Hmm. Picking up the it's like a mantle rather than a weapon. Yeah, I love uh, I love that whole law of like it's it's like the sword and the stone in a way, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's set up that way it's very very specifically yeah. in the uh, in the movie, which is cool. I want to learn more about mythology. I've got a book called Mythos by Stephen Fry, and I don't know entirely how good that is for, you know, telling the actual Greek mythology. Obviously, this isn't Greek mythology, but um, it's just in general. I want to learn about Greek mythology and Norse mythology and all kinds of mythologies. I want to become. I mean, I I have a decent knowledge of Greek mythology. If mm. you, if you would if you if you have a specific interest, so I could probably enlighten you to some stuff. I do know some stuff. I'm not like oh, an expert, but I do know like a fair amount because I. I took an avid interest of it uh, back a while. Yeah, it's just as I've been playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and obviously Valhalla's coming out soon, um, so mm-hmm. that's Greek and then Norse mythology. It's just, mm. I feel like I would get more from these worlds if I was more well. well as far as I'm aware, the difference between Greek and Norse mythology, Norse is very much about tradition and about uh, almost like. I, I'd say the will of the gods, but also like trying to gain their favour. By yeah. doing things that they would they would deem as good, um, <laughs> I too am like worthy. Being, and then, and then being blessed by those gods for these actions. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is very interesting. Yeah, you just reminded me of that World of Warcraft dungeon. I too am <laughs> worthy. <laughs> um, what was his fucking name again? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> anyway, I. Like- oh. Um, uh, I know you're on about. Uh, it's bugging me now. God, I know exactly who you're on so about. Crap. Uh, it's an S, I think. It's like God Slayer or something. God. Oh, King God King Scorvold. That's, That's the one. God King. And it was God <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, God King Scorvold. Yeah, yeah. I am um, God King Scorvold. Lord in. I too am worthy. Okay, we'll stop doing bad accents now. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of love for World of Warcraft in this uh, in this podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, draws from so many different fucking mythologies at this point is insane. Same. I mean, it, it links in. That that specifically you were talking about does link in, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not technically off topic, guys. It's fine. Um, it's all good. When Thor was getting well, he, firstly, it's kind of crazy that he was getting crowned at the start of this movie, considering. I don't think we really see him in a leadership position until the third movie, right? If yeah, he, right. he, um, because the second one is just obviously, well, we know what the second one is, but the third movie, obviously, he does I liked two. everything's kind of, like, official. Yeah, we'll get to two. I liked two. We'll see if that holds up this time around. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, ju- I know it's simple camera work, but I just liked how he goes for Odinson my air and then it immediately cuts to Loki I thought that was neat mm. um, yeah yeah it is interesting also when he says I declare you like he's about to declare him king and then the frost giants happen mm. and it cuts away to the frost giants and it cuts back to him he's like frost giants 
but <laughs> I just want to see that scene without the cutaway because what everyone else saw was I declare you frost giants. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm what? What? I feel like I'm if what? that was written, <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Uh, I feel like if that was written with Ragnarok, uh, Ragnarok's idea of comedy in mind, it would be like, "Sorry, I'm, I'm Frost Giants." Like they would, they would definitely make something out of that. But, yeah, they um, would have made like some joke. It's like, "No, you idiot." <laughs> which uh, brings me to my next point. I this is quite a joke light movie. Like they've definitely got jokes, but usually that comes into play when it's for reacting to the human world. Um, I've actually written down here, the first joke is 14 minutes and 36 seconds in. I don't know if I missed something somewhere, but the first thing that really made me go, huh, oh, that's a joke, kind of like, that's a lighthearted <laughs> throwaway comment to make the audience giggle. That didn't happen till 14 minutes, 36 seconds. And I was going to write down what it was, and I didn't because I thought I'd remember it. And guess what I forgot? I've got some note-taking lessons. What? Do you remember, do you remember the scene? It was... Like, um, mm, give me a second. It was... It might have been when Thor, after Thor had landed. Hang on, maybe I can just really quickly bring it up. Because I've got the timestamp here. I've just got to make sure I don't play the audio, because then we'll just get fucking demonetized. I mean, not that we're making any, but... Uh, <laughs> vamp for me, Reese. Say something interesting. Uh, interesting. Um, I was just going to say, uh, I think it's interesting after the whole scene with the Frost Giants. Because um, uh, Thor is very much played up um, in that whole starting scene of like the crowning ceremony. As um, he's like, ah, look at me, I'm so charismatic. Ooh, ah. But then, obviously, once he gets denied, he's like, oh, you're not king, not yet. And then it's like it does like a mega Dutch angle on him as he flips over the table, which is to show. <laughs> I believe Dutch angle is uh, used to specifically show um, like something's off or something's not right, mm. um, or like a, like a different like a different angle on someone, and so it should they come to like a different light, and it shows off like his very sort of like. Ah, I deserve this. I'm worthy. Blah blah blah. And obviously, it's naivety as a result. Hmm. It's a good point. It's a good thing that you bring up that scene, by the way, because that is actually the scene where the first joke happens shortly afterwards. But firstly, going on that scene, I thought the table flip was a little. All right. <laughs> kind of like it didn't really do anything for me. Well, that's that's <laughs> the point of Thor. He's very dramatic. He's very over the top, and so it, it, which ties into his personality of he's he, well to begin with anyway he's this very like overbearing person he was like I am worthy of this you will give me what I want and then he doesn't get it so then he gets angry and flips the table he throws a tantrum yeah and I like how Loki just kind of like slowly unfurls from behind the pillar that was very um that was that reminded me of like animation the way that was shot like yeah 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 I feel like if that was animated he would almost like slowly appear from smoke or something that's what it's it like kind of like slithering in like a snake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a snake. Um, it all it's all coming together. Um, so the first do joke. Not, do, do not. It would be unwise to be in my presence, brother. <laughs> He's like, uh -uh, I don't care. <laughs> so the first joke of. Uh, that I've got recorded here at 14.36 is when he's he's uh, short like it's that same scene where all of the companions come in and he's rallying them he's like we're going to Jotunheim and he's like who did oh, this yeah. and he says to is her name Sif um, he says uh, probably not Sif because that means something else I believe okay that, that's, that's something I've got the subtitles up here he says and who proved all wrong who scoffed at the idea that a young maiden could be one of the fiercest warriors that this realm has ever known and she goes I did and she is called Sif. He says, true, but I supported you, Sif. That was the first, like, giggle moment. Um, 
even though it's not fucking hilarious it's just like a little like smile moment that was the first one of those i recorded and the fact that it took 14 yeah. minutes 36 seconds to get to that considering what four ragnarok is um i think it's no surprise that chris hemsworth uh fairly famously said he was getting bored of a four role and then after for ragnarok he was like actually <laughs> actually well i mean taika watiti uh, did uh that one didn't he and he's obviously he's a very very famous director so. yeah and I think he's doing the next DLC, one too, right? He's doing four as well, so four should be good. Four, four. That's something we should probably four, four. bring up. I don't say my THs properly, so I sound like I'm talking four, four. about the number four the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> my parents, by the way, ridicule me for that whenever I talk about the four movies. They're like, sorry, what's it called? I'm like, <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say words. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so that leads off into the. I've already mentioned, obviously, the uh, the interaction uh, on the bridge with Heimdall. Um, um, they do loosely mention on that as well about how the Bifrost, uh, if left open, just destroys. Yeah. Uh, shit. So that's loosely mentioned. Yeah, but um, Bifrost is a Death Star. How is that a throwaway yeah, comment? Bifrost, um, the Bifrost. The Bifrost is a Death Star. That's how you open plot holes immediately. Because then why doesn't why didn't Odin in his more warmongering days that we later find out about in other movies why didn't he use it like that and well maybe he did and we just didn't know um and like I think I mean it could I mean it could just be a case of many things really like it with 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 like a that that, because it is very much a fantasy element of obviously it's it's because it's almost a mixture of technology and fantasy isn't it Hmm. um but uh, I think that there's probably many many reasons why uh there well, the first being plot. If you just destroy everyone who opposes you, then there's not much story left to tell. Yes, it's a bit, it's a bit boring of an idea. <laughs> um, but also, yes, th- th- there's probably something that's mentioned at some point, which is why he doesn't do it. But yeah, because because it's interesting. Because the, something that I thought of, um, is uh, obviously there's that his warmongering stage where he's fighting the frost giants and stuff at the very beginning. Um, they show off that sort of like. Um, with the like the army the frost chance coming out and stuff hmm. is that before or after um uh hella uh that's after that's um long after is it after i think hella was supposed to have happened it's been i've seen for ragnarok in maybe half a year so that would uh, then that would then um offset what you said earlier about that being the earliest we see of oh yeah but i'm not sure if we ever see hella on earth do we oh right gotcha. i was specifically talking about earth at that point um yeah uh, one last thing before we leave um, Asgard here, I like <laughs> I like the overacting of the conversation between Thor and Odin. He's like, "As king, but you're not king." <laughs> it's like it was so overdone, but I liked it. Not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I think it I think it just shows like he 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 is like you know Odin, you know all father. He's a very patient and ruling person. But well, he's usually he a dick in mythology, right? I guess, but I guess the idea is that Thor is testing his patience. Yeah. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sit down. Um, also, I've, I've written here as a point. Odin's inaction regarding the Frost Giants actually seems unreasonable, even if he is more peace-loving this time, like, to do nothing. Um, the conflict is obviously that Thor wants to retaliate, but Odin not even attempting to investigate why this happened doesn't make the conflict feel genuine. Like, that whole argument. Like, well, he, he could he at least say... say we'll find out how they got in. He does say we'll find out how they got in, but aside from that, yeah. Mm. But this is the first time that they've 
breached that place in like a thousand years, right? So, or something like that. And I don't know, I just, it didn't strike me as very real in that I feel like Odin would have at least had some reaction to it other than, eh, Frost Giants, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's kind of how it came across to me. And I think that was, um, it, well, it was portrayed that way to get Thor, uh, to make us root for Thor a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what he was trying to say though was that it was just three. It was just three. It, it, it could have been anyone. I get that. Like, it could have been a group of them. Like, and I think that, like, the, the idea of that is, like, which is why I think he doesn't, like, for, like lock him down, I guess, and be like, you better not be going to do that shit. Mm. You know? Um, but yeah. I suppose. I it can be interpreted uh, either way. Like, just the way it came across, I guess. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah. I would say it's not a strong scene. <laughs> mm. Um, no. But yeah. Um, way. So a good point, because I feel we're being a bit down on this movie, <laughs> um, is that the frost, like the visuals for when they're going to the frost giant's planet or realm, um, those fr- those visuals look really good. Like, yeah, I think the it bifrost. is portrayed as a planet, but as yeah, uh, the bifrost where they're going towards the planet and as they're landing and stuff, that legitimately looks Whoops. fucking awesome. <laughs> Well, it's, it's seen as a, it's a, one of the nine realms. Yeah. So I guess By it the way, would be a planet, yeah. How do you fit the nine realms into the MCU? Because the way I've always um, reasoned with it in my head is that Earth belongs to, you know, usually Earth is Midgard, right? Um, Midgard, yes. The way I perceive it is that, like, Midgard is, a u- is Earth's universe, and, like, Asgard is part of an Asgardian universe or something like that. Um, and like the nine realms are like nine. Maybe they're not all universe sized, but it, it that could level just of be reality. how their her, their like knowledge of it is. Because he says about obviously it's it, all the all the nine realms are branches off of the yeah. Brazil. I'm just um, thinking which is of just very Norse. How that would fit into the human perception of reality is all. I mean. It gets difficult to think of it that way when you think about Guardians of the Galaxy and that they're literally just flying around space. You know, they're just traversing the universe and stuff. Given that Thor is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy now, that might actually be something that they explore, at least as like exactly, an offhand yeah. comment or something. Like, yeah. Oh, it's a shame. It, so you'll be like, oh, this is this, you know. Yeah, you could have Rocket something say something like, oh, it's a shame that, you know, your planet blew up. And he's like, was not a planet it was a realm <laughs> like you could do something yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. although I feel like they would have done that already with Infinity War when they were talking I don't know I'm not Kevin Feige is that his name? <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Feige yeah that was right Kevin Feige okay good for some sense. reason I was like wait <laughs> wait a second that would be really bad right, yeah, yeah. okay I'm not Feige um Uh, was there anything you wanted to say about the Frost Giant scene where they're fighting all the Frost Giants? Uh, because my next point immediately moves on from that. Um, I think it's just it's just more character of like it, it the whole stuff there just shows also character a little mm. bit more like how Loki knows as soon as Thor gets insulted, it's yeah there's gonna be a fight. Yeah, yes. I think oh, that no. just it shows <laughs> it shows. <laughs> I think it just shows their relationship, how they do, how close they really are, even though they they are like very obviously. Mm. Uh, you're wrong, Merit. Like, you know, brothers fighting all that. Um, but it does show that they are very closely to understand each other. Yeah, that moment was like a precursor to the relationship that we see in most of the movies, and even the humour uh, that we see in most of the movies around those two. 
Um, I thought that was good. <laughs> get help. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought I was like. We're not doing get help. We're not doing get help. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, I was thinking about that yesterday. Is that something that they did before the events of this movie? Because they wouldn't have been able to fit that in, right? It's like, yeah. when did they ever work together? So can you imagine sh- the more shy version of the more shy, quiet version of Loki that we see at the start of this film? Can you imagine him doing get help? <laughs> I guess that's. Kind I mean, of the point. it's all. It, I mean, it is all Thor. He's just using him as yeah. a as a prop, effectively, and he just throws him. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought the action scene was actually a pretty decent action scene. That's something that the movie did right. Um, yeah. 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 Um, like it, it was interesting to sh- to show off like how strong Thor was compared yeah, to the rest. That was definitely um, uh, what it was used like for. It was it was there, it was it was it was very good to like set that up as like the expectation of oh he's so good look at him he's such a great warrior and he has no power. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah I, I think it was very it was very good to set it up that way. Um, his companions, by the way, didn't do a whole lot for me, and I think that's probably. Well, a universal one of them thing. got stabbed. Uh, yeah. One of them kind of. Just I just meant throughout the whole movie, um, yeah, as characters, oh yeah, they sure. were so like cheesy. They were like the cheesiest part of the whole movie, um, oh, sure. and I think that's probably a reason we don't really see much of them. I know Sif appears in an Agents of Shield episode or two. She's probably the one. Out of all of I think they're more of a catalyst, honestly. Like they're yeah. there specifically to help Thor get to the place he needs to be. But it's almost um, like they exist as comedy relief, but they don't do any. They don't do much actual comedy. They're just kind of cheesy. <laughs> That's about it. I, I, I don't. I don't think they're there for comedy specifically. I think they're just there as like a catalyst to uh, enable Thor in some situations. Fair. They're literally just. Like, they're almost throwaway characters at the end, though, which is which is sad because they definitely could have done something with it. Mm. Um, it's just like the scenes they were in. And can I just say, that does remind me some of the cuts in this movie. Oh. <laughs> Are they bad? Oh, I, no, they were not good. They were not good. I notoriously like, don't notice cuts. It was so <laughs> sheer. They were so sheer. Like, there, there was one... I think they were on Asgard, and they were talking about um, uh, something. And then it was like, boom, we're at the place where the hammer landed now. And it's like... Oh, uh, w- oh yeah, what? yeah, actually, yeah. No, now that you mentioned <laughs> it, yeah. So I'm. this is something I'm probably learning right now, actually. But um, I... The reason that directors have shit cuts in movies is because I'm the kind of person who doesn't notice them, and they get away with it because of me. I'm the reason. But now that you mention it, I would expect that to be more of a... You have a music leading into that moment, and it's... I don't know, there's more of a transition between Asgard to a hammer on Earth. So... This is this is why I love some of these uh, directors, like Edgar Wright, uh, Edgar Wright, for example. Edgar Wright is well known for his fantastic transitions you watch any of his recent movies uh, Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver any of films like that his transitions are fucking amazing <laughs> like they incorporate well into the theme of things or they'll use something with the environment or like it's in relation to how a character is reacting to something or anything like that or like for Scott Pilgrim's case it's done like a comic book wipe almost like going from like one panel to another fantastic mm-hmm. But when it when it's done in the way this film is, it takes you out of it, and yeah. that's something you don't want to do with the movie. The, mo- the point of the movie is to be engrossed in what's happening on the movie. The moment you go from these two characters talking to suddenly something else is entirely different. It's happening that's, that's loosely related. Um, it, it's baffling. Like a better transition for that one that I mentioned would have been like maybe there would have been a build up of music or like a sound of say a car driving up to the site 
and then the car like comes into frame and it like pans over or whatever. Like a, a lot, of, a lot of the um, a lot of transitions in uh, the Iron Man films, uh, the Iron Man one and two films, did stuff like that, mm. where it was like two characters were talking. Maybe Tony would do like a cheeky smirk or something, but then it would transition into a different noise first, and then transition to what the noise was from that scene. That way, you get the initial uh, idea of what's going to be happening, and then the transition to the actual scene of what actually is happening. Yeah. So that you get that build up into it. Rather than completely seatbelting everyone who's watching the film, and suddenly something else is happening, and you're like, "All right, I guess, I guess we're doing this now." Yeah, which it, it just takes you out of it, and it does it does hitch the movie a little bit, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be noticing that in future now. And there was definitely something rough about this movie that I can quite put my finger on, and that was probably it, the level of you know directorial stuff like that. Because hmm. um, it's just, I think, even. Well, you could have made it better. It's just to have an establishing shot. Yeah. There was no establishing shot. It was just like focus, focus in yeah. the next scene, and it was like, okay, yeah. who is this man? Why am I focusing on him now? Sure. Oh, okay. And then after like a minute, like, you get the context and say, like, okay, fair enough. We've got the context now. You've literally opened my eyes. That is something that I never thought about until just now, <laughs> and it's something that is easy to recognize, and that's something I'm going to be thinking about in the future now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess moving back to Earth. By the way, do you think it's kind of weird for pacing that the movie opens with like a part that we no. don't see until later on? But it's it's a very no. small little flash forward. I don't know. That that's what I mentioned before about the cold open of the movie. It's there specifically to tie this story to the stories already been told. It does it specifically so it doesn't put you out of your element. So you are, you are grounded in, okay, this is the world we know, but there's also another world that is within this world. Rather than, oh, Asgard, look, it's beautiful. It's like, this this isn't what I know. This isn't this isn't, this isn't isn't where Stark, Stark is, Tommy Stark. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 it basically grounds it in the universe. And, it, and something that is said later on is... Um, magic is just science we don't understand. Yeah, um, which is quote. the entire yeah, which is it is it is a beautiful quote for this film because it's basically how the film is shot. Mm. Is here's the stuff you know, but here's stuff you don't know. But technically not very different. It's just the applications and the things behind it are different. You know. Yeah, fair and enough. that's kind of the point of the cold open. Yeah, um, that's what I think anyway. I guess maybe I was just thinking about how when we cut back to that moment there's something jarring about it um, but I think it is probably just the directorial stuff you were talking about before I, I think that's more a case of the jarringness is it's more from Thor's perspective that time yeah. so it's like boom I'm on Earth bang I get hit back up yeah 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 that's absolutely what it is actually um, but I was going to say I did like the irony of um, he's talking about how he's a god of thunder and really gets tased yeah. <laughs> that's very okay I don't I don't have the actual definition of irony on hand. I know people get it wrong a lot, but that was very entertaining to me. Yes. Um, and um, also, when it, like I said about... Because um, we see a Stan Lee cameo not long after that, but all the people are driving up to try and get a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who Stan Lee was, at least not by appearance. Did it work? Uh, the first time I saw this movie. So I am appreciating all of the Stan Lee cameos, all of the early ones, a lot more now. Um I do like the one in Iron Man 2 because they I don't think we mentioned it in the in the last stream but the one in Iron Man 2 they jokingly um, he's supposed to be playing Larry King which is oh, a right. um, I think he's a he's like a talk show host yeah 
Um, you know, like here, Jimmy Kimmel's and stuff. Yeah. He does that kind of thing. That's great. <laughs> so, and he does kind of look like him as well, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> Sadly, I don't know anything about Larry King either, so that was lost on me. Um, even though I recognise Stanley nowadays. Uh, we got shirtless Hemsworth. Yeah. Dude's buff. Dude is buff. He's like a triangle on legs. <laughs> well, did they CGI his eyes to be bluer in the cafe scene or in the canteen scene? Because his eyes. I don't know. Maybe. Incredibly maybe blue. Just, maybe his eyes just are that blue. You maybe. Know? <laughs> maybe I get no. I get the impression of because it was it like wasn't, it, was it wasn't uncanny though. Like it wasn't uncanny. Like one of the things that people fault uh, the Witcher series on is that the because they use obviously contacts to proper like bug out their eyes because mm. obviously that's 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 how the characters are and, you know to identify uh, you know witches and all that and you know witches and stuff um, sorceresses um, and and they said and a lot of that was kind of uncanny like when it was like close-ups and faces and stuff but this like it, it was it didn't seem that way like mm. if, if there was something used to 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 escalate it it definitely wasn't obvious maybe it was just like this Maybe they just saturated the entire kind of shot, and that's why his eyes popped a bit more than normal. Because mm. in other, I know, I know what you mean though. Because I think there was a scene later on where it looks like he has very dark eyes. Yeah, like his eyes aren't always that bright. In that I movie. mean, think of it this way: something I've noticed, like with just taking pictures in general, is a natural light on your face. Your eyes are incredibly bright. So, and that that huh. place was very well lit. So maybe it was just a case of okay. natural sunlight was just really bringing out the blue in his eyes. Maybe. Because look at someone's eyes taken in, like, in inside, and then taken it in natural light, it's crazy difference. Yeah. Also, while he's at that diner, he overhears um, the dudes talking about the hammer, and they call it a satellite. And I want to ask you, if you came across that hammer lying on the ground, or maybe not that hammer, because we, we would obviously recognise that as Mjolnir, and we would obviously immediately try to lift it. Um, but if you saw something make a crater, and it was... Basically, do you think that could be perceived as a satellite? Is that reasonable to you? Probably because not, no. I think that was a bit... Okay, I get that they're being shown as like redneck-type dudes, but I don't think they would have been dumb like that. <laughs> I think that was maybe it, it, a little stereotypical. It looks like a hammer. Like Yeah, <laughs> it's not hard, guys. <laughs> um, so that was a little, something, a little moment that I... That I... Uh, out at this point. At this point in the movie as well, I put the note Jane Foster kicks more ass than I remember, which I've already talked about a bit, but it was really around this time that I came to notice that that she's... Mm. Uh, at the end of the last stream I was talking, or the last podcast, I was talking about how, from what I remember of Jane, she just kind of swoons. And she's like, oh, fall, save me! Like, all this kind of shit, but no, she's definitely... There's more to her than that, and I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the old guy, I forget his name, Jane's dad's friend, um, he does make a reference hmm. to Bruce, uh, Bruce, you know, the Hulk. Um, he says yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. a professor who dealt with gamma radiation and then he was taken away by mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. and we never saw yeah. him again. So I don't know if yeah, that was yeah. specifically a reference to... It, what? It has to be. No, it's in like, was it a reference to the previous movie or was that just a reference to the Hulk's lore in general? Like, I, I think it was just a reference to the Hulk. Yeah. Like, Bruce Banner and the Hulk as just characters, established characters, I think. Um. Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what. I think. And speaking of larger MCU characters, I 
forgot Hawkeye was in this movie. And then as the movie went on, I yeah, realized why I forgot Hawkeye was in this movie. And it's because he's he in it for like two minutes. Doesn't fucking do he anything. Does nothing. But what's he ever going to go for anything other than the bow? You know, when he's looking at the weapons on the wall and he almost reaches yeah. for the sniper rifle and he gets a bow instead. I think that's obviously meant to be a reference to like people speculate about, oh, what would a modern Hawkeye in cinema look like? Maybe they would have him use a sniper rifle instead. Uh, but no, he's definitely going for the bow. But as far as in-universe character, would he ever really have picked up that sniper rifle? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Especially when the bow is there. That's specifically there for him. No one else would pick up that bow. <laughs> I, I think, like, it, it, that's just the one for, like, people that are looking out for that shit, where it's like, he, he picks up the bow and says, like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit of fan service really, isn't it? But I like to yeah, look yeah, at that's that. literally all it is. I like to look at stuff like that in the context of a story and be like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah, who Sometimes I am. you just have to be a case it's just a case of like they're just having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um so this is all leading up to the moment where Thor storms the building and tries to steal the hammer. Um I really like that when he doesn't manage to grab the hammer. I like that moment because Yeah, it's a very good scene first of all if you've been paying attention to the movie you're expecting it but the way it's built up is yeah. that for those of you who aren't paying attention to the movie it's a nice little subversion of oh alright yeah no yeah I remember that's what his dad said like it kind of plays well to both sides of people who watch the movie um, because obviously you're expecting it you're like ah there he goes he thinks he's something and then the payoff of his hubris um, his hubris uh, and then Again, like I said, it's just a nice subversion of expectation if you weren't paying huge attention to all of the dialogue in the film. Yeah, sure. So, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the, the, the scene with Odin and Loki happens before that, doesn't it? Um, when uh, Odin falls into the Odin sleep, as it's so happily called. Yeah, I want to know more about the Odin sleep. They don't really go into it. Yeah. That's something yeah, it's, to learn. Yeah, it's probably some sort of uh, deep lore thing. You yeah, can't. It's, it's, it's probably not. It's, they probably just used it for plot convenience. Yeah. But um, they obviously there there is probably more to it than that. Um, but yeah, because that whole scene in the uh, I can't remember what it's called where they where they keep all this stuff. Um, uh, but uh, is pile it, of it called, like, good the, shit. <laughs> isn't it like called like the casket or something? Um, what the ice thing? Oh no, the thing he no, sleeps in. I don't know. No, the where they keep all the stuff. Oh, uh, no, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, when they're talking in there, and the Loki really comes across as like having like a lot of like, if he comes across really emotional, and it's like, like yeah. his entire world's just been like destroyed before his very eyes. And he's like, oh my god, ah, I'm, I, ah, and then. I, I think it's a really interesting scene because obviously Odin he's like yelling at Odin about it and Odin's obviously yeah. like in some distress and he's like falling down panic and then um, <laughs> with a K <laughs> but then like I feel like there's that like moment of Loki like he reaches out to him and like he hesitates which I think is very good yeah because it, there's that point it's like is this really like is this my father like even though he's just told me all this stuff so technically no but mm. you know, is he you know that's his first father? moment of like do I really want to, you know, pledge my allegiance to this man because he's not my blood, kind of thing. And um, I think it's also a moment where Loki realises how much power he has in words, I guess, and emotion, because he shouts him down and Odin's, like, the most powerful dude around. So the fact that his words cause that effect, I think, is quite important for Loki as well. Yeah. He's like, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, 
Who needs weapons when you have words, and that's such a major part of his character. Yeah, that's 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 Loki to a T, isn't it? It's yeah. um, it, he doesn't fight. He, you know, he's very very sneaky and does everything. I mean, the, I think um, part of, part of like um, Thor's banishment as well leads to that as well because he realized, oh, I did this. I was the one who convinced yeah. him to go and do this and got him banished. Yeah. Mm, that's really interesting because he specifically says you should go to Jotunheim, you know. Um, mm. And it, it adds to that whole idea. It's like, oh, I can just say shit and people do stuff. That's 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 cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then lends it to the character. But like, like you said before, though, like he has a lot of emotional moments. And Tom Hiddleston, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> he plays him so well. Also, like who he's needs... he's a good actor. <laughs> also, this movie throws shirtless Hemsworth at people, and it it completely overlooks the fact that Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> people fucking love Tom Hiddleston. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Molly fucking loves Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> I love Tom Hiddleston. I love him too, but probably not on the same level as Molly does. Yeah, probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, uh, he's fantastic, and he only gets better as the as the films go on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be interested in like dissecting what he, like his intentions and stuff in uh, Avengers again when we get to that one. Yeah. Two more. It will be two more time. Oh yeah. We've got some go. good weeks ahead of us. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I just I just love the character. I think the character. I think honestly, if Loki wasn't as good as he was, the movie wouldn't have been good to me. If Loki wasn't um, as good as he was, he probably wouldn't be getting his upcoming show. He's getting a show. Yeah, we actually got a good villain, Christian. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I think Loki's a good villain. That's probably one of the reasons why they. I don't know. I guess that stuff would be decided before they saw he the actual acted movie. movies. But I think it's so it's so important for the Avengers that Loki was the villain. Yeah. I think they, that's why that's why like they continued on because they realised yeah. Loki was such a, like the way they played him out was so good they were like we need to keep him in. That's like, why he's been in so many of the films as well. And why he's quote unquote died so many times. Yeah as Thor said eh, he's been dead before. He's literally died in <laughs> no not not every Thor movie he didn't die in three but he's died in two of well, no, he did. Movies. Didn't he have a moment? Go that on, was in four three, wasn't it? Where I don't remember specifically, but they were like, "Oh my god, is your brother okay? He, your brother just died," and he's like, "Yeah, he's been dead before." Like four didn't believe it for a second, but it was still a moment of, "Oh look, Loki's dead." I don't remember uh, specifically, but it was something like that. No, that's your your. Oh, that's Infinity War. Infinity Sorry, War. yeah. Infinity I'm confusing because he was like, because oh, Rocket goes there, dead brother, and he's like, "Oh, he's been dead before." Yeah, yeah. That might be real this time. Yeah. Um, but can I just say another good thing as well is um, obviously I'll get I'll, I'll dive into this a little bit later as well is a lot a lot of the stuff is driven by emotion and Loki being is like obviously his more like sinister side comes out because of that emotion and then Thor um, Thor's more compassionate side comes out as a result of that emotion which I think is very interesting um, how there are almost like two sides of the same coin but then they diverge through completely different paths. Well, um, I suppose you could say, at least as far as Thor is concerned, maybe not so much Loki, but like, he gains his might from Asgard, and he gains his emotion from Earth, right? Like, Earth teaches yeah. him humanity, so I think that's an important kind of thing to note, like, before he came to Earth, he was just all might and no right, like, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. 
Or as, as Loki, he just learns how to use that manipulatively as another god power, I guess. I don't know. There's not really a, a established he, point I had fought up there, but <laughs> that was just. I, th I, th I think. I think what you're trying to say is um, the emotional stuff is Loki's power. Yeah. And so is used in such a way which is to no benefit, you know, to how Thor ends up. Obviously, it changes him as a person and makes him more compassionate and more understanding. Um, and Loki is just there for to be used as a tool, you know, yeah. which it sells. It sells the characters and their differences, I guess. That being said, Loki's fighting powers, his actual physical fighting powers, are all over the place, and I think that's probably the point. But, yeah. like, we never see him use those frost powers again, right? Like, when he's having that showdown with Thor at the end of the movie, he he's freezing... Oh, wait, no, that's Heimdall. He freezes Heimdall. But, like... He freezes Heimdall with the, uh, with the cradle thing. Oh, that's why he's... Okay. For some reason, I thought they, that was a power that he inherently had, but he was obviously holding a frost crystal. How did I miss that? Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't think um, the, the, the frost giants have like they, they can do like they can manipulate ice, but I don't think they can create it, which is why they use the the thing. Right. Yeah. Speaking I of the frost crystal, the they really didn't spend a lot of time. Kind of. I, I think it, they didn't really it explore it, but like they give you it. It's one of those things where would you like the movie doesn't treat you like an idiot. It shows True. you everything you need to know, and Perhaps too then much. you can discern everything from what it's. <laughs> You can you can turn over from what show like there's a lot of movies these days that are like oh when this happened that's because <laughs> of this and it's like yes yeah. we know we worked it out like literally hours ago um, okay. but like with this it's just like okay so they can do this that and the other I mean the fight the first fight um, on Jotunheim they have is is a testament to that like they show off like what they can do and stuff and it's like okay so because I imagine the first question would have been well if they can do that shit why do they need the the, the shooty ice thing I mean when you think about it right. Uh, the frost crystal, if you examine the whole plot device of the frost crystal, so the whole idea between the piece, they steal the frost crystal from the frost giants so that they can't use it as a weapon, right? And that's yes. the whole idea behind the piece between Jotunheim and Asgard, is that first they don't have the force that they used to because they don't have the crystal anymore. Um, I guess that's just it. And like, it's like... Is that really paid off in a meaningful way? Like, do we really see the Frost Crystal? I mean, it freezes Heimdall, who's a pretty powerful dude, but other than that, it's not... Like, Loki steals it. Does he use it ever again? I don't even remember. He uses, he uses it to freeze over the, um... Shit, you're right. Bifrost yeah, he to does. To stop it from being stopped. Okay. To stop it from... So it's make it straight. It stays on, basically. I think this is... Which was a cool effect. I really like that effect. It was really cool. This is one of those movies, for me at least, where it's... You kind of take a lot of the plot points for granted because it's mostly driven by character. Yeah, for sure. And when you actually stop and think about it, you're like, wait, why did that happen? Like, what order did the that character happen? Stuff, the, the character stuff is very in your face, but the stuff is... It's, the rest of it is subtle, but it's there. Yeah. And if you do, like, pay attention, you do see it. And that's why I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's, it's half-decent um, because of what it does or what it's trying to do. You could say be it's not treating you like an idiot. It's very concise with everything it's doing. It's very blatant what with everything it's doing. Um, more specifically, the characters, and then everything else is just gravy. You could say the characterization was written by four, but the plot was written by Loki. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and I suppose we should touch on that fight um, on Earth 
and that kind of happens before the four and Loki fight, so my bad. But uh, the fight on Earth with the giant Cyclops looking dude, uh, I think he's called a Sentinel or something. He's called a destroyer. A destroyer, that's the one. Um, Sentinels are the X Men things that shoot lasers out of their face, right? They're the X Men things that would be about 10 times as big as that. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Never seen X Men They're huge. Um, <laughs> Sentinels are fucking huge, basically. Gotcha. They look like Galactus. I think they're supposed to look like Galactus. Oh, okay. They look similar to Galactus. Oh, by the way, tell me but this. No more, no spoilers other than this. But have they ever tackled Galactus in the X Men films so far? No. Okay. Because uh, Galactus interests me. Um, I believe most of them were about. Uh, Gray. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. They've done two. They've done two versions of Phoenix, um, which is weird. Uh, I can't remember what the others were. I think the other ones are more about um, the discrimination on mutants. Yeah. God, I know hardly anything about X Men. Whenever any of that the, stuff the, comes the up, I'm the original, like, the original three with um, with obviously uh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. I think a lot of it is just the characters and dealing with like being a mutant. Yeah. Um, and then it builds up into a fight of like, oh, these guys are evil mutants. We will stop them and then better our names. Unhand me, Magneto. Unhack me, Magneto! <laughs> so, um, we're referencing a tweet that said, um, what's his name? Matt Berry? Something Berry. Matt Berry. Should be cast as the next Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, other than that huge Ackman that they've got right now. Yes, um, well, well, I mean, he's not doing it anymore. Oh, is he not doing it anymore, is he? No, he's done. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be why they he, were talking he about said, he said he, he said he, he said he's done with the role, but he knows that someone adequate will pick it up after him. Just get Taiko Wahiti to do one, and then he'll be back in. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be great. Um, that would be cool. So the the final fight with the Destroyer isn't as bad as I remembered it being. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. It does the job. It's it's eh. It's yeah. Um, it's the same. It's the same thing I said about Iron Man Two. It's not about the fighting. It's, it's about the characters. Yeah. Although Which the final fight in Iron Man Two was rad. Yes, for sure. But it's not about the fighting; it's about the characters and the yeah. struggles. Um, uh, one thing I do like about the destroyer fight, though, is when when Thor is like walking up to him, he's like, "Spare these people and take me!" Blah, blah, blah. And then Loki is just like looking pensive, and then the destroyer turns around, and then just fucking backhands him. <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's very brothers fighting." Yeah, like, that's very like sibling rivalry thing. And I was like, "Brilliant!" Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a good moment. Oh. So very, very good comedy that. So yeah, that's uh, Thor gets his powers back because by sacrificing himself, he proves himself worthy, and Hammer's mm -hmm. like, you, um, and it eats itself towards <laughs> him. <laughs> I need to see an edit of that now. Just, just very quietly in the distance. Like, like instead of the sonic boom noise, um, it just says you, because <laughs> there's a point where it just goes boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jane's like that, that does remind me of a point as well but I'll get to it when we're done with this. I was just going to say Jane's like this is when Jane does get a bit damselly but she's like oh no he's dead I must be with him and he's like get the fuck out of the way he's about to press his ultimate button there's a giant hammer yeah. coming this way there's a satellite <laughs> falling down on him uh, <laughs> um, speaking of which as well uh, um, I, that, this wasn't the point I was going to make this is a different point it does, it does kind of tie into it because the fight scene that happens in the uh, where the hammer is um, but uh Fucking, he lets him go, even though he knows that it's fake. What's that? More Which context? is interesting. 
Um, so uh, the the professor dude comes up and says, "Oh yeah, he's uh, he's my old colleague, Donald." Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then it, it, like they look into it and he's like, "It's fake," and he's like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." And it's like, hmm. So obviously they clearly know he's Thor. I don't think they know he's Thor, but they well, know they there's have, something about him, and they they know they, that they it know will advance not. if they let him go. They know they know that he is tied to the hammer in some degree. Also, so they're just basically watching him because they say follow him. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously they're clearly keeping an eye on him to see if he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, so if you go back a bit to the scene where he's being held captive by them, and Loki visits him, first of all, epic prank telling him dad's dead. Nice moves. Um, but also, <laughs> yeah. um, wouldn't they have like a secret, like a hidden window, so that they could view that whole thing? Like obviously, I don't think they'd be able necessarily be able to see or hear Loki, but the fact that they would see Thor's emotion, and the fact that it would appear that he was talking to himself, would perhaps lead them to think that a there's more going on here than we can really Maybe? see, and b, um, Thor seems like a genuine dude because he's crying over what they might be able to garner from that situation, the death of his parent. Um, like they might consider him less of a threat. I don't know, maybe I'm grasping at straws here. That's what I should call this entire podcast. Just never mind pictures without pictures. Now we're just called grasping well, at straws. That's the thing. They they <laughs> they realize that he he's completely docile after he tries to pull yeah. the hammer and he doesn't pull it. They they realize like, like they're not okay, stupid. Well, they realize he's powerless going in some on. way and they want yeah. to figure out what's going on and the best way to do that is to let him go and see what happens from there. I was about to call him fucking Agent Crawford, but that's from Hannibal. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, I, anyway. I forgot we I got... Always call, I can't always call him. I forgot that we got this much Agent Coulson in Phase 1. And it just makes me sad that they did bring him back for future phases, because he apparently dies in Avengers Assemble. He quote-unquote dies. And, um, um, spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 1, but he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I know he's not. Uh, and um, it's a shame they never brought him back into the movies that I remember. Yeah. Although yeah, he was in um, Captain Marvel, but that's just because it was a prequel. Yes, well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, one thing I was going to mention about the fight scenes specifically, when it was like fisticuffs. What was with the impact noises? <laughs> yeah, I noticed Did that you too. Hear the impact noises? They were so like. Like each hit was so weird, yeah. and it really—I was like, "What is happening? What? Why? Is, what does it sound like?" This? Some of the Foley work in this movie was a little off. It was so odd. It was like, oh, it was like punching like I don't know, like a fucking pillow or something. It sounded so weird. It's like I, a really bassy pillow. I get the impression this movie didn't get the same budget that Iron Man one did. Oh, for sure. I mean, there was less. There was less. Like, it was more practical stuff that needs to be done with, like, the costuming and stuff. Yeah. Um, props, like with the Iron Man stuff. I mean, Iron Man Two obviously went with more props and stuff. But Iron Man One's more specifically was a lot of CGI, and obviously that shit's pricey. Yeah. Um, a lot of CGI, and the CGI we did see it wasn't fantastic anyway. But a lot of it was practical, and you could tell. And I do appreciate a good practical movie. So. Do you think they uh, had some dudes in a green screen room just? throwing the hammer as hard as they could so that they got some good clips of it in flight but it had to be thrown really hard so that it would not dip too much <laughs> do you think they just had loads of clips of people just going <coughs> and just eating the hammer across the room <laughs> I wish I could see some of that that would be great oh, I mean you could probably look it up like look up something like uh, how they, how they uh, shoot the flying hammer or something by the way um I've got one yeah. suggestion for how this movie... The moment between Thor and Jane, 
when they were saying goodbye, I've got one bit of feedback to give as to how they could have improved it. Okay, so when he says, um, "I must, I must go back to Asgard," but I give you my word, I will return. I think he should have been looked at the camera and gone for Avengers Assemble. And then Jane would have been like, "What? Who are you talking to?" And then he would have just left it. <laughs> and we just have a shot of Jane kind of like looking vaguely towards the camera like what, what is anyone there what <laughs> that would have been great hire me at Marvel uh, I'm all you need for your movies to work exactly um, also one note I've got here is uh, after the Thor and Loki fight when they're hanging off the bridge um, this isn't like the actual part where Loki's really hanging off the bridge this is just before that when he pretends to be hanging off a bridge <laughs> um, and um, Thor's holding him uh, yeah. just the delivery of like brother please <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh a lot brother, please. I wrote it down all in lowercase as one word brother please <laughs> it made me laugh brother, please. it's not supposed to be a funny moment but it was funny I mean I guess you could argue that Loki's making fun of uh, himself in a way I don't know not everything has to be a point does it but it, <laughs> it just made me laugh no um, I mean, it's just a case of he knows he's that there. This is a more compassionate Thor, so he's like, oh, he's not gonna let me fall now, is he? Brother, please. Pussy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did think that was a good shot though. Where he's like, he surrounds him with like clothes and stuff, and he's like, fucking, all right, stop it, <laughs> listen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the whole like putting the hammer on his chest seat was oh that was great well. yeah it was like hold this <laughs> <laughs> and then when he starts being annoying he puts more pressure on you you can just see something he's like oh <laughs> like he gets it yeah, yeah, like yeah. squished even more yeah. um, the post credit scene for this uh, movie I'm not sure I ever saw it before and that makes sense because this was my first Marvel movie I don't think I knew about post credit scenes mm. like that, that was the official setup for Avengers, uh, Avengers. yeah and that feels in a little gap if I'm being honest I was like, like it just kind of felt like the Tesseract came out of nowhere, and I guess it, that is a bit at the end of Captain America as well. But um, I don't know; it just filled in a little gap of like. Oh yeah, because it ties into Avengers and Captain America. I forgot yeah. the Tesseract. I remember watching yeah, Four yeah. and being like, "Oh, but how did Loki survive? They never show that he survives at the end of Four, but then he's just in Avengers." But that's because this post-credit scene existed. I never knew that before. This was my first time seeing it, and I went, "Ah." That was my right. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah. Loki looked directly at the camera and said, Loki will return in Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am looking forward to, to getting to those. Good. Yeah, you, um, you don't get to see that for two weeks, so, okay. Next week we're doing Captain America, okay? So don't yeah, fucking jump the gun. The first on Avenger. It. The first Avenger, apart from that time when the other person was an Avenger, but that doesn't count. And from See, it doesn't count. See, everyone here, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. Captain Marvel never said she would be an Avenger. Nick Fury just wrote that in a document after she pissed off. It's fine. She doesn't count. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, technically, she's not an Avenger until after she appears. It's just a case of, hey, if we need help, we're going to call you, all right? So, uh, uh, he, he's, he's my first Avenger, all right? <laughs> Oh, actually, hang on, what are we talking about? Captain America happened way before Captain Marvel. Captain America was World War Two, right? World War One? No, World War Two. And then Captain Marvel right, was in the, the 80s. Yeah, but the idea is that 
because he was in cryo sleep the entire time. Yeah. So she's like the first one that officially does stuff with the uh, shield. Okay, fair enough. Jeez. I think um, that's the idea. I remember Captain America as being an okay movie. I didn't realize. I remember liking it, so it should be interesting. Okay. Maybe it's just because I don't have a huge thing for war movies, and Captain America's kind of. Yeah, it's 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 set up because it's like because it's very good for the time because of the way it's set Actually, up. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for next week. I'll tell you why I don't have hugely fond memories of Captain America, and it's not the film's fault. It's Lego, it's Lego Marvel Avengers' fault because I bought that game and I was like, I'm gonna play through the Avengers movie, and it was like, fuck you, play through the Captain America stuff first. I was like, oh okay, I don't really care about this. Um, that's literally my entire reasoning behind having a slight grudge against the Captain America movie. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we can rectify that. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts on Thor, though? That was a fun sentence to say. Uh, I recommend that sentence. Any final thoughts on Thor? Uh, Not quite as good as give me a fat beat to beat my buddy's ass to, but it's up there. <laughs> it's up there. If, if we made a tier list, uh, <laughs> a fat beat to beat my buddy's ass to would definitely be at the top. That's S, yeah. Um... Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was like it wasn't an amazing film, but it definitely like hit a lot of a lot of good points. And it was, as I said before, a lot of it was very black and white with like subtle indicators uh, around that were there to feel like, hey, if you're paying attention, um, you know. And it, it, I'm 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 gonna be comparing it to the second film when we get to the second film because um, oh, that was a notoriously bad one. It was um, good, damn it. <laughs> I thought it was all right, but you know, we'll see when we. It. I, I watched it once and it was a while ago yeah. so we'll see um, but yeah like you can definitely tell um, it's the, the way the way the, the film this film's done is a lot more serious to a degree mm. and there, there's less of the oh, charm yeah. that uh, the Iron Man films have mm. um, it's very much grounded in okay this 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 ah this ah you know I want emotions I can't help um, but wonder if their initial plan for these Marvel movies was for them to be wildly different in genre, whereas nowadays they're more mm. streamlined as there's a certain flavour to them that all of them seem to have of comedy, even if well, they this, are a bit this different. Is, it was a case of just knowing their audience and stuff, and when they realised they were planning on doing all these like actual Avengers films, they, they realised it would make more sense if they were better interlinked with each other and not so vastly different. Mm. But I mean... You could also argue that a lot of these films are their origins, so they're gonna be different, um, and so they do sort of come into tandem with each other after the Avengers stuff, because then obviously they've officially teamed up at that point, so they know of each other and obviously carry on from there. Um, yeah, I still think the Thor movies are vastly different from the others, though, which I think is kind of the point, because he is very fan fantastical. I think is the word. Yeah, like I said earlier. Um, he is very much like larger than life, um, and so I think it's yeah, I think it's very interesting. I Basically, you don't see anyone step in fucking toe to toe with Thor apart from maybe Hulk, but you don't <laughs> see anyone step in toe to toe with Thor and fucking you know willingly. True, I have but, I, yeah. I have a curveball question to throw at you. Um, which do you think is the better movie, Thor or Man of Steel? <laughs> Thor or Man of Steel? Yeah. Because when you think about mm. it, they're both movies about a superpowered individual interacting with a world of humans where he's a bit too big for it. Except Man of Steel's very edgy though. 
like comparatively I love Man of Steel <laughs> I like Man of Steel as well it's, it would be an injustice see what I did there to compare the two <laughs> movies <laughs> all I'll say is Man of Steel better action uh, for, yes, for sure. better Chris Hemsworth if you're going purely off if you're going if you're going off action, actually, ooh, yeah, actually no, if you're going Henry off Cameron. characters I would say yeah Henry Cavill you can't go wrong um, yeah. but if, you, if you're going off action Man of Steel if you're going off character development and just general story of those characters then Thor for sure yeah cool <laughs> just for for some reason even though now the more I think about it the less it makes sense to compare the two for a second there I was like Thor and Man of Steel are kind of similar in some ways but now that I think about it structurally completely different <laughs> oh yeah they're sure. both just superhero movies is what it comes down to I would say Captain Marvel is a lot more similar to Man of Steel do you know what now that you mention that I realise that Captain Marvel did not come out that long ago and I don't remember a lot of that movie <laughs> um, I liked it I liked it it was interesting and the subversion was good that because I didn't know about the Korean stuff like I just I don't remember a lot about like, I remember a lot about the characters in that movie, um, but I don't remember a lot about what actually the plot was of that movie. Um, oh, God. Gone off the top of my head. Uh, she has a power that they say they were, she was gifted. Oh, they have to yeah. On her to restrict it's it. coming back to me. They, she then finds out later on that she's actually a human that ended up uh, being affected by a engine yeah I remember now um, which basically gives her superpowers but still like the conflict in that movie she was fighting the. I don't remember I guess I don't remember the action scenes like the, the conflict scenes I don't know we'll get to it um, well because the idea was scroll wasn't it like yeah. scroll the baddies and then it's like oh are we the baddies uh, I remember Blockbuster I remember they made a big deal at Blockbuster <laughs> oh yeah because oh, yeah, it was back back when Blockbuster and fucking Radio Shack and shit yeah I just remember um, there's a scene where she falls through a blockbuster at the start of the movie. Yeah. And I remember yeah, Bernie Burns going on a tirade in the Rooster Teeth podcast, bit of a bit of a weird thing to promote here, but um, there's a podcast I listen to called the Rooster Teeth Podcast, and this, uh, this guy called Bernie who's in his 40s, he was like, I don't understand why people laughed at that. It wasn't funny. It was just contemporary. Is blockbuster just funny because it failed? I don't understand. He went on a whole big thing about <laughs> how he didn't understand how that was supposed to be a joke. That's a good point. <laughs> That's that, but that's that that that's, that will be a whole subject of getting into the comedy as a thing itself, you know. Yeah. Like y y you can't say why is this funny and then be like, well, this is why. Like that's not how comedy works. I think his argument was that it wasn't even intended to be a joke, it, but people thought it was a joke because haha, blockbuster, I guess. Anyway, we're getting massively off off the. Uh, we topic. are getting massively off topic. Um, one thing I do want to mention. Uh, I just need to double check what the name of the thing is called. Um, I started watching, uh, this is around the time uh, before Endgame came out, um, there is a YouTuber I watch uh, who does edited videos of films, he squashes them down to like 4 to 10 minutes, and they're all, they're all fan creations, he, he doesn't monetize any of them, um, but he does fantastic, um, like they're almost like compilations I guess, but he edits them in such a way where it's like a running on story, and it tells the story of the characters, and he's done a lot of Avengers stuff. And his Thor one is beautiful, mm. and it's very emotional, and it will make you cry. Um, I'll see if I can find him real quick. I can't remember what he's really called. Um, his uh, YouTube is uh, Slifer, so S-L-Y-F-E-R, uh, 2812. 
So if you want to watch some really well edited um, stuff about like movies and characters and stuff, he does other movies and stuff as well. He's done some Lord of the Rings and uh, some other stuff. But fantastic edits he does, and they're beautiful and they're very good. And they tell the stories. It pretty much like if you want a co cohesive story about a character that he's done, then watch one of the videos. It'll tell you a lot. So for the people watching the stream, it's this channel right here. I've just put it up. Alright. That's about going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you for joining us while we talked about Thor. I was a little nervous about this one because I didn't think I could think of much to say about Thor because, like I said, I don't think it's a hugely complex movie. But I think we got through it. I think we said mm -hmm. some things. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. If the echo's back, I'm just going to cry. Hopefully it's gone. Yeah, that'll be fine. Now, it just makes me sound more important. Do you think the Echo, as a villain to our podcast, is um, a better villain than anything we've seen? Just end the stream. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, we will see you next week. And for those of you who noticed the return of the Echo, it was a trade-off between the podcast being really quiet and there being very little echo or there being a decent amount of echo and the podcast being a decent uh, audio balance so apologies for that and again thank you for your patience i'll try something again for next fucking week <laughs>